It's time for episode 184 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Tuesday, April the 11th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's full of blarney and signifies nothing. I am Jason Snell, live in Ireland once again at the Ool Conference. And uh, down the table from me, my temporary co-host, Relay FM co-founder, Mr. Mike Hurley. Hi, Mike. Hello, Jason Snow. I'm doing my best to be an English Dan Morin for the day. That's right. I, I think of you as the English Dan Morin. That's so all that, I've ever wanted. That works really I've well. I've achieved my dream. Now, this is the podcast where we talk about four technology topics, and it takes less than 30 minutes. The 30-minute time limit, no stranger to the co-host of Under the Radar, who is to my left, it's Marco Ahmed making his first appearance on Clockwise. We had to do it in person, but it happened. Hi. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yay. Turns out that the only way to get Marco on Clockwise is to force him to do it in person. It's fine. In Ireland. It, it totally worked. <laughs> and we're also joined by Alex Cox of Cards Against Humanity and the Upgrady award-winning podcast, Do By Friday. Hi, Alex. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back, Jason and British Dan. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, that's good. From now on, you are Brit- you're a British Dan. Uh, well, four topics. We might as well get to it since we only have half an hour. I will go first. Uh, my question for the panel is... Uh, we're all traveling, some of us from, from nearby, but most of us from further away. And I was wondering, what's one technology-related item that you travel with regularly, but you wish, you aspire to leaving it behind? Marco? It's got to be chargers and wires. So many chargers <laughs> and wires with every single thing that we use and enjoy that is tech-related. Uh, for me, my strategies are try to reduce the amount of devices I take. Like, I don't take an Apple Watch. I, don't, I, try to, I try to pick either Mac or iPad, but not both. There's a new Anchor USB-C charger with, with USB holes in it as well that allows you to charge, like, the new MacBook Pros and other stuff, so that's kind of nice. Um, but you're still carrying so much stuff. And, like, now we have all the dongles. So it's like you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I just want fewer cables and charging bricks to bring with me. I like the technical term there, by the way, USB holes. That's, yep. that's good. <laughs> that's how they define it now. It's, it's the new standard. Yeah. Uh, my, the obvious answer for me would be the MacBook. Right, Not having to bring a Mac and just being able to bring my iPad on trips is like Nirvana. And I love doing that. And trips where I can do that is great. But as we were talking about on Upgrade, uh, I like to have the security of the Mac. You know, because if something goes terribly wrong with a podcast recording, I've got it. But like to echo what Marco said, batteries is my thing. Like I just feel like I am, I work for batteries. Like batteries run my life, and I would like to not have to worry about batteries anymore. So I would like to not have to do charges and batteries, as well as whole computers that I need for one purpose. Mm. Alex, just, I mean, just to echo you and Marco, the laptops and wires, but specifically micro usb like i can't stand it and and i know the future is coming and usb c is coming but still like all of my podcasting gear that needs to be charged all all of my chargers that need to be charged (laughs) need micro usb and it just drives me a little little bit crazy where uh and and also they're the least reliable cable because they've got those little pins and they bend and break so unlike lightning cables i end up bringing like three to six uh if i if i have to use them for work have you ever plugged one in the correct direction the first time? Never. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Neither have I. You actually can't. It can't be done. Yeah. I, a- I color them. Like, I, I literally, like, label them, and, and I still can't do it. I, I don't know. 
I sort of share uh, a lot of the uh, the opinions here. I was going to say different kinds of USB cables. I mean, yes, the greater story is the fewer chargers I need to bring, the fewer power adapters I need to bring. I brought my MacBook Air this time. That needs a completely different one from all... At least everything else is USB powered, but that thing needs the MagSafe cable, which is completely different. But I have a Kindle and my suitcase battery pack that both charge with micro USB. The recorder we're using to record these podcasts uses mini USB, and then I have all of my lightning devices so it's just like i i brought all these extra cords for one device which is better than bringing a whole like power cable because they all can use usb but it's still really dumb that i have to remember and that i'm really out of luck if i forget or can't find the mini usb cable where are you getting a mini usb cable from well right don't own those (laughs) although i did i did notice when uh, i was flying over here uh from scotland with james thompson who's in the audience former and future clockwise guest that there is uh always a story predatory story in the airport that is the place you buy things you forgot at home but now have remembered that you're now that you're at the gate and isn't that nice i i i have bought headphones at one of those stores once when i forgot my headphones and so they will conveniently let you pay for twice what you would pay somewhere else outside of the airport if you forget your cable so isn't that nice but yeah so power power is the problem i guess uh Everybody out there listening, work on that one. We we want we want to not use electricity anymore. That's I think not what we were going for there. All right, that's our takeaway. Key takeaway. That's right. Electricity bad. Uh, Marco, it's time for your topic. What do you have for us? So I wanted to know what our favorite or what our biggest uh, fad gadget purposes were in in the sense that like what did you buy with the highest aspirations of using it that you ended up using the least in practice. And so for me, like, you know, there's a lot of things like, you know, I think exercise gear and, and stuff could fall into this. But for me, the, the biggest culprit here is video equipment. Uh, I have made oh. one YouTube video and then I, I bought a bunch of stuff for that. And then after that, I bought a bunch more stuff to try to improve my video. I've made zero videos since that was in December. And the main reason why is it turns out making videos is a lot of work. It's it kind of hard, is. and making podcasts is so much easier. <laughs> and so there's just never a time when I think, I'm going to make a video today. And it just it, there's always better things to do like anything else. Wait for the inspiration, man. It will yep. come. So I spent some time thinking about this when you proposed this topic, because I figured maybe the biggest fad would be the thing I would least remember, because it's gone away now. Uh, mine is the Ouya Games console. Nice. Oh. Wow. Deep cut. That even shipped? I owned one. It was a big Kickstarter campaign, and I bought a retail unit Ooh, when yeah. they were shipping the retail units before the Kickstarter units, which was a whole big thing. Uh, the problem was it was a games console that there were no games for. Uh, they had a few, <laughs> and it seemed great at the start, and it was super cheap, but the console was fine. The controller was one of the worst controllers I've ever used. And then very quickly, even after they tried to basically pay people to make games, it died and it went away. And uh, I sold it on eBay for like £10. <laughs> Poor little Louia. What a great investment. I know. Great. I know. The ROI was great on that one. Uh, I, I don't know if this falls under the gadget category, but the trash can MacBook Pro, uh, Mac Pro 
I got it and was so excited. I'm like, this is going to blow away my video editing. It's it's going to be so fast. Podcasts are just going to like puke out instantly. And it was terrible. It's still terrible. Now it is essentially the place that I plug in all of my hard drives because it is kind of good for nothing. Um, and I, I know that it's supposed to be a magical thermal miracle, but ours gets very, very hot. And I continue to take it into Apple and they just like take it in the back and mysteriously replace a part. Um, I've and never seen it before. Yeah, they're like, what, <laughs> what's, what's this? Uh, that, that did happen at one point. Because <laughs> uh, you get, like, you know, the, the lovely geniuses who are like, hi, and, and they assumed it was a MacBook Pro, and then I was just like, plop that down, and they, they actually said, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Wow, that's a bad sign. I don't think there's much of a future for that product. It's <laughs> a gut feeling that I have. Uh, for me, so we were talking about this at breakfast, and Marco's wife, Tiff, suggested one that I, that I have to mention because it's definitely on my list, which is the, uh, the Wii Fit Balance Board. <laughs> which everybody oh, got wow. and thought, okay, I'm going to finally be able to play video games and get in shape simultaneously. <laughs> the <ultimate> dream. <laughs> and leaving aside the fact that I'm really bad at balancing, so that didn't go well. Um, the game, the Wii Fit game, is incredibly insulting. It's like bully. when you when you turn it on, instead of being like, it's so great that you're here, it's more like, hey, it's been a long time. You look kind of fat. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Welcome back, Lotto. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me enlarge your character for you. Yeah, little animations of a giant blob <laughs> landing on the screen. It's not, it, was, it was not good. We still have it. That's the thing that gets me is we still have it in the house. Like, why is this still here? On the off chance that we want to do some snowboarding on an old mm-hmm. Wii game? <laughs> It's bizarre. So I, I'll put that there. And then the other one I'll say that is a tech product that I bought that I immediately regretted is I had a friend talk me into buying a thing called the Space Monkey. And the idea was it was an external hard drive with an adorable name. It was an external hard drive. And it, it said it was one terabyte, but it was actually two. And when you plugged it into your network, it was like a personal Dropbox. So it, you would copy files locally. They would sync to the Space Monkey. They would also sync to the cloud via the Space Monkey. It sort of took care of all that. But it also had peer-to-peer data. Data transfer. So the other terabyte in the hard drive, it was sharing. It was storing data from other people in an, some apparently encrypted way. I realized very quickly it was like I had a little private BitTorrent server on my network. Yeah. Not in the sense that there was piracy going on, but that in the sense, but in the sense that, <laughs> well, that I knew of. <laughs> but in the sense that. Uh, I never knew I had a device on my network that could be using massive amounts of bandwidth at any time and I had no awareness of it and as somebody who does podcasts and needs like to hear the other people on the podcast I realized it was untenable and I unplugged it and <laughs> then they tried to charge me for another year of it and I was like no 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 I can't do it and that's my so that's my big regret is the space monkey it seemed like a good idea at the time and it turned out it was uh, an untrustworthy hard drive that was trying to destroy my internet connection so Aww. that's a big bad decision it sounds like a scam yeah, yeah. It, was, it was bad no it was I think it was, and it was a Kickstarter too. Of course, it cool. was. Of course. of course, it was. Is there like a Kickstarter law, uh, like a like a kind of like a law of physics, where any tech product ba- backed on Kickstarter will be dead within the next two years? <laughs> I, I um, I my first Kickstarter that I ever backed still hasn't fulfilled, um, and the guy still <laughs> says that he's going to fulfill it, and that that is coming up ten years now. So yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, oh. that's any day, every he, every year or so, he sends out a note saying still still working on it. It's like all right. 
right? Whatever. It's, it's, a, it's an animated film. It's not a piece of hardware, but still, it's just like, yeah, it's been a long time. That's two topics. We have two more topics to go on clockwise. Let me tell you about our halftime sponsor. This is my favorite part of doing a live one is that right in front of Mike... Do a good job, Jason. I get to do an ad read that uh, was sold by Relay. So here it is. As often is the case on Clockwise, this episode is brought to you by Linode. Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects. You can set it up in just seconds. You, they have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources, choose your Linux distro. You get the power and flexibility you need. Plans start at a mind-bogglingly low price of $5 per month for a Linux server with a gig of RAM in the Linode cloud. I have a Linode server. I know other people on this panel also have a Linode server. A? Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> many. Yes, yeah, that's true. Fair, 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 14. I have All one. the great Linode <laughs> servers. See, yeah, that's it. I have one and Marco has 14. My, my businesses only require the one server right now. But it's pretty amazing if you think back to the past. It used to be incredibly expensive to have a server on the internet 24-7 in, uh, at a fast data center. And Linode makes it super easy. Whether you're just getting started with your first one, like this is my first and only one, or you're deploying a complex system, maybe like Marco, Linode is a great choice for you. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They offer the fastest hardware and network. There's fantastic customer support behind it all. 99.9% guaranteed uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they will find a way to keep it that way. It's great whether you want to run a private Git server, host a large database, run a mail server, operate powerful applications, have a complicated backend for a podcast app, run a podcast network or a tech blog, whatever. Just those are ideas off the top of my head. Linode can do it for you. Their new pricing options are amazing. As I said, $5 a month gives you a server with one gig of RAM. Uh, you can get 16 gigs of RAM for $60 a month. Their two gig plan now incurred, includes 30 gigabytes of storage for just $10 a month. They continue to offer more and more awesome options to meet your server needs. Across the board, they're offering twice the amount of RAM you'll get elsewhere. And as a listener to Clockwise, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you will not just support us, but get $20 toward any Linode plan. And there's a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to give it a try. Linode.com slash clockwise, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash clockwise to learn more and sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or just when you're checking out, use the promo code clockwise2017. Thank you to Linode for supporting Halftime at Clockwise. How'd I do, Mike? A plus. And oh. all of Relay FM. And all. <laughs> I okay, what? you just got an A minus. Blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> Relay FM, blah. Mike, hey, what's your topic? Last week, Apple announced that the Mac Pro is back from what we presumed was its death. Right, Marco? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that something people are talking about? I, that was oh, the thing. okay. So, What's what that? is another presumed dead or declared dead Apple product that you would like to see revived? I don't know if this is going to be a popular answer. I would love it if the iPod Touch was given some sort of update. Like kids, I feel have this incredible iPad literacy. They they the way that they use iPads, it's they're like little iPad ninjas. It's amazing. Um, but the very first iOS device I had was the the first iPod Touch, mm-hmm. and um, then I made a actually a keynote presentation to my parents as to and I was like fourteen, like this is why I need an iPhone. Um, and then it, it worked and I got uh, I'm still on the AT&T unlimited plan and I think it's just kind of important I, I, I don't know like it, it just in terms of tech literacy for kids that aren't ready uh, for a phone it's a great starter device mm-hmm. for people yeah. 
Jason? I, I have a whole pitch that I'm not going to do about why Apple doing a Wi-Fi router actually is more important now than ever because things are really complicated and I'm starting to think about routers with maybe easy access to VPN servers and other things you mm-hmm. could do. But instead, what I'm going to talk about is the Mac Mini and... First off, it's it's showing its age again, although it frequently shows its age. It's it's the least loved product, perhaps, in Apple's yep. product line, <laughs> other than the iPod Touch, I suppose. But I'm especially going to plug the high-end Mac Mini, because not everybody remembers this, but when they, when they did last revise the Mac Mini three years ago, it used to have a four-core option at the high-end, and when they revised it, that chipset didn't support four cores, so they dumped it, and now you can only get a two-core version. So that was a... You know, it wasn't. It was the most expensive Mac Mini, but it was a pretty capable standalone little box that you could use for all sorts of different applications. I was at one point after I left my job, my plan was to buy a, the new generation of high-end Mac Mini and attach it to the monitor I already had attached to my MacBook Air, and that would be my computer. And instead, Apple did two things: they released an underwhelming Mac Mini update, and they released the 5K iMac. And I bought a 5K iMac instead, so I kind of. I, I missed it by that much. But uh, I think the Mac Mini is a great product. It doesn't have one clear use. It has lots of hazy uses, but I still think it needs to exist just like the Mac Pro needs to continue to exist. And the high-end configuration is a great one that I, I want them to bring back. The Mac Mini remains a product that is in our lines of products lines. <laughs> yes, it, yes. Rema- it continues to exist. It continues to remain what, a product. What more ringing an endorsement could you get than the acknowledgement that a product exists? It's like, oh yes, there is a Mac Mini. Yep. Thank you for bringing that up. I would also say that maybe if your if your argument is I went and bought a 5K iMac instead, that might be you know bug closed, worked as designed. I raised, yeah, that's true. I raised my sights. They made me. All right, my answer to this question is, you know, besides the displays, which they said they're bringing back with the Mac Pro, um, I would say SD card readers in laptops. And mainly because my other suggestion was a 17-inch MacBook Pro, but nobody wants that except me. The SD card reader in a laptop, I feel like there's no new port coming along the line and no wireless standard coming down the pike that's going to make that less necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, you can look at every other port removal and you can say, well, in a couple of years, these things will all be USB-C or wireless and we'll be fine. But SD cards won't be that way for various reasons like speed and removability and simplicity on devices and ubiquity. And so I feel like we need that, that SD card slot back. I have a Wi-Fi SD card in this thing for that reason. How, how well does that work? It, it works. That's more like I can say That's the, all, the ones I've tried. All I can say is it works. It doesn't work well, but it works. I really like this from the man who is slowly buying smaller and smaller laptops, it seems, and yet he still want a 17-inch Pro. They fit one in the MacBook Air. True, true. Uh, I just want a sign of life of workflow. That's all I want. I, I hate <laughs> to tell you this, Mike. But no, uh, no, this is why I want the sign of life, because it's presumed dead. Oh, no, and I'm I don't sure want it to die, so that's all I want. I just want a, a cease of death on that product. <laughs> Alex, what is your topic for this week? So I'm wondering um, if, if you guys use anything like a lady in a tube or mm-hmm. say, hey, dingus, to your phones or uh, what I, I don't know the trigger word, a Google blob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you don't, why? Or what is something that you would like it to do that it doesn't? Uh, I, I do use the, the lady in the canister. I've got one on my kitchen counter. And um, also sometimes I'll use uh, Siri in the car. And my number one thing, it's a weird one, but I want, I want to be able to have on, on the Amazon Echo in particular, 
events kick off conversations with the Echo, and that's not something it does. Mm-hmm. The internet can't do something that gets the lady to say, oh, Jason, did you know that this thing finally happened? It, mm. it just, it won't, like notifications, right. essentially. It won't do it. And I think the idea of spoken notifications, while annoying in a lot of contexts, there are certain contexts, like if I'm cooking or just sitting around the house or if I'm driving, Getting more detail other than a sound, and even on the Echo, you don't get a sound. It's like literally there's no way for me to say, if the temperature outside gets to this temperature, tell me. It doesn't do that. So I want more conversation in general with them, understanding of context, but the idea that maybe it could respond, uh, it could proactively respond when triggered, which right now it just, they can't do it. So we have an Echo in our kitchen, and it's great. We use it all the time. Uh, it's very reliable. But I, I tend to have two problems. Number one is that I'm still very self-conscious when speaking out loud to my computer devices. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's because I'm a geek, I just don't feel comfortable saying, hey, computer, please do this thing for me. Like Even when I'm alone, it still feels weird. Uh, and so I, around other people, forget about it. Um, and the other problem is that I don't want to set up some giant Rube Goldberg machine with, like, you know, IFTTT and Zapier and all these different integrations and services to try to get simple things done. I just, just want... programming. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Why don't you want to oh, be a programmer, boy. Marco? Oh. I don't want to set up all these different workflows to do these things. <laughs> I just... I just want built-in functionality, and, and th- th- so I tend to use these things at very surface level, but that's okay. I'm okay with it. I find that all of the assistants that I use, mostly the Echo, is just to do dumb things, like flick a switch, effectively, is what I'm asking it to do. I want these assistants to be smarter. So, like, for example, if I have a podcast recording in my calendar, just mute all my devices. And, like, without me having to tell it, like, that it just understands context a little bit better, because right now they don't. I think that is what all of these companies are trying to aim towards, but right now, I feel like we're not even close. I want to jump on that for just a second and say, I think that's one of the great frontiers of this stuff is you should be able to set them up and set the preferences by having a conversation with them. And they always will punt you out to a web page or an app. Yeah. And you should be able to say, hello, lady, when this calendar has this on it, I want you to mute and have it. And if it doesn't understand entirely, have it like walk you through until it gets yeah. it. And right now you can't. I mean, even as something as simple as. I would like to say, hey, lady, at, at 6 p.m., turn on the front light, mm-hmm. and you just can't. Instead, it's like create an ift trigger based on time and connect it to your light app, and it, that's really dumb. I I use a, a lot. I've got my dingus on my phone. I've got various tubes around the house. Um, and <laughs> this, this naming scheme is getting out of hand. <laughs> people people get mad if I if know I, you yeah. have to really avoid the mm-hmm. terms. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, and I do. I'm kind of trying to make my uh, apartment into the the movies if you saw, the, there was a Disney Channel original movie called Smart Home and I, I'm kind of or, or, or Smart House I don't know it was great so uh, I, I do use it for like any sort of cooking all of the mm-hmm. lights uh, calendars stuff like that but setting it up wow I, I it feels like once a week I need to like reset all of my lights otherwise my apartment is just a pit of darkness um, and God forbid we accidentally flip a light, one of a, the real light switches uh, then then my wife is like hey can you try to reset this while you're at the office because none of the lights work uh, Hound is actually uh, so this is a bit of, of, of 
uh, a divergence, but the, there's this great app called Hound that was made by the people who did SoundHound, which just tells you what music is playing. Um, and that I, I would love to see, I know it's never going to happen, but some sort of API that lets you automatically w- work with other, other voice services. Um, I mean, I'm excited to try Bixby too. The, Which is the best name. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best name. Samsung's Bixby. Why use Google Assistant when you can have your British butler friend, Mr. Bixby? <laughs> That's, is, is he Mr. Bixby? We don't know Bixby whether it's his first name or his last is, name, uh, do we? They have chosen a female voice. Oh, come on. What? You can, you can have a male voice, but the, uh, the, the default setting is a female voice. What? Come on, oh. You've wasted it. They yeah. should be, hello there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> all need a British Samsung, call me. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be Bixby. <laughs> if, if Mike is the voice of this, I have a much better chance of using it. <laughs> all right. Well, that is four topics down. Uh, Mike, do we have time for our bonus question? Yeah. All right, good. I just wanted to check with you because you're my co-host. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my question for you. He was we are, nodding we while are, saying that. We are in Ireland. Uh, name an Irish thing and th- th- that you're, you either enjoyed uh, – this is not a quiz uh, – uh, that you – either something that you've eaten or, or drunk here that, that you enjoyed or if that has failed, you can go to a souvenir that you will bring home from Ireland. I'm basically looking for some local color – and I've already asked all the other dumb Irish questions in our two previous Ireland episodes. So, Marco? Uh, I think uh, two things. I, eaten or drank, I would say all the other beers other than Guinness. Because so, <laughs> I've had so much Guinness here in, in, in the past that I, I decided, let's see what else is available. And it turns out there's lots of great beers often available on draft in Ireland. So that's number one. And then number two... I've discovered that the the soap that's all in all these resorts <laughs> is has been going crazy about this scent, soap. Yeah, the scent that smells kind of like sweet root beer is bergamot. This is a mm. scent that is in Earl Grey tea and not much else in the U.S. And you can get bergamot scented bath products here, and my hands smell delightful. And so I'm going to buy some of that to take home with me. Um, I'm currently, before we were recording today, eating shamrock and sour cream crisps. Um, I don't know if I believe that. Um, <laughs> what does a shamrock taste like? Uh, it's Grass. nice. Uh, but that, that was pretty good. And there's also a cider here at the Europe where we are. It's a, it's a hotel and it's all called Stonewell, which I actually do really enjoy. I'm going to bring home a lot of whiskey, honestly. <laughs> there we go. I'm not making any jokes about this. It's a whole suitcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last year, I was like, I wonder if customs is going to let this fly. And it, and it did. Great. Uh, also, there was... Um, I'd have to cut this out. There At the uh, the Radisson Blue Hotel that a lot of us stayed at, there was a reviving shower gel called a gel douche, which I just thought was, uh, what a great name. And you I, know what scent that was? Mm-hmm. Bergamo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, really. Yeah. Oh, no. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you just soaked an entire country in Earl Grey tea, yep. frankly. <laughs> Uh, for me, we had at, at dinner last night. There was the uh, the sticky toffee pudding, yep. which turns out is basically like if you made a cake with too much moisture in it, and so it was a complete failure as a cake. And somebody said, oh, "I'll eat it anyway." And then you add sauce to it, and then you put the butterscotch <laughs> sauce on the top. It was so good yep. that I had regrets about eating the rest of the dinner because I should have just had the sticky toffee pudding. Sticky <laughs> toffee pudding is 
super. That was pretty great. Mm-hmm. The and only it, downside is that it expands in your stomach after you've it eaten does. it. It does. It's like that foaming like pipe snake or something. Yeah. And you're trying to clean out your pipes and you spray it no. and it expands. Don't it, do that. And oh, your, your body no. explodes. It's just a bolt this so, conversation. So, suddenly it's an episode of it's like rip Alien now. 5. <laughs> We're gone now. Thanks foaming, so much for listening, everybody. Pipe <laughs> it has definitely been 30 minutes. We have to stop. <laughs> Please watch what you say, Jason. Oh, we've got lots to do. But first, we have to say goodbye, and then we will end the podcast. Mm-hmm. Marco Arment, thank you so much for being on Clockwise. Thanks a lot. And Alex Cox, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, British Dan. Thank you so much. And thanks to our studio audience today. They are real, everyone. That, they are here. That, that, that never happens no. when we record on Skype. It's a, it's a very uh, special privilege. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll be back next week with a much more boring, normal, recorded in everybody's houses episode I of Clockwise. I thought you were going to say co-host. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He was looking right at me when he said it. But, but until then, British Dan and I remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.